Right, nice. There we go. It's been quite a while since I've done this, actually, but like, it's going to be good to get back to it. Starting the podcast up again. I've got my good friend on here today. I've got Kieran Stewart. Do you want to introduce yourself, mate? Hi, I'm Kieran. Right, good stuff, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Not a problem. A pleasure. Nice. Um, so we've spoke quite a bit about getting you on, actually. We've spoke about, like, obviously sorting this out for a while and like i haven't really like done stuff with it because the stuff i've done actually put this up has been like it's it's been fucked i've been telling you yeah i think we planned it since like literally the last one but it just never came about did it no i don't think so man. i think we're both busy as well yeah that's it life gets in the way nah, it does but luckily not luckily but covid sort of stopped both our, both our lives and Put it down a bit, it? Oh, that's it. Everything going on, COVID stopped so much. It it oh, interrupted gosh. interrupted your competitions quite a lot as well, didn't yeah. it? Because you were planning on getting back active last year. Yeah, I had uh, uh, I do kickboxing and uh, like the mat commit to it just wanted like the experience ah uh, yeah like obviously you commit to everything you do in the sport but I mean like if I choose to do uh, my, the category I were in I think it was 16 to men's I'd focus on 16s because that was my better chance of winning yeah but with the men's obviously I did it for the experience for going up like, like now uh, I'm in the men's and like I, 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 I love it it's a different style completely but it's it, that's what keeps me learning. It, do you think being able to step out and obviously like focus on your teaching helped your own learning as well? Like being able to break stuff down and like teach it to others, do you think that enhanced your understanding? 100%. Like, you, you step back, I step back and taught people what I've done or what I've known. Obviously, with, I've stepped, kept on learning while I've been teaching, so I've kept on learning different ways to like different styles of martial arts completely different styles of fighting sort of thing like and how to better myself as a fighter and also as a coach and also as a teacher right so I make sure that if i'm going to coach anyone i'm telling them the right stuff and that i am going to help them do the best they can yeah being able to help other people i think that gives you like a feeling in yourself doesn't it that like they're getting better because of what you're putting in their mind. 100%. It gives you that buzz. Like, when I'm coaching and a fighter wins and I'm coaching behind it, it just gives me the satisfaction of me winning the fight. Yeah. I think I think, it, I think it's nice as well because they, they credit you a lot. Like you're quite well respected on the kickboxing scene. So. I'd like to think so, yeah. Because obviously uh, like, you've, you've done a lot. You've got like a few titles to name. If you want to talk about that, go for it. Right. And I wasn't expected to win anything, and I didn't. But I kept 
kept on going and worked at it and then progressively got better. And then I never thought I'd imagine I'd been to a world championship and come back with three world titles. I've been to four different ones, come back with three altogether. I've got, I think, 11, no, nine world medals altogether over four competitions, which I've never thought I'd have ever achieved. And then also last year going to the Irish Open. Um, that would have been an awesome experience. It's a massive, massive competition. It was humongous. Like obviously, obviously, it, when it, we it, could it, compete. Pardon? Obviously, like, when we could compete. Yeah, obviously, I, I think it was last February, so we were like, we, it, we were still all right, and we weren't like in lockdown and all that, and we were still allowed to do it. But I know that the competition did dwindle in numbers because people was. Obviously, like, I think it was Italy and so far. We were hit quite early on last year, weren't we? I think Obviously, so. And the travel restrictions so, came in quite early for international countries. Yeah, so a lot of them didn't turn up. I know that my, one of my categories, I suppose, to have eight or 12, and it went down to six. So, and, you know, it, it, it was one of them things. Uh, but it was, the, the level of standard was amazing. Yeah. I was back in the 15 to 18 year old category. Right. And there were uh, there were two other lads in my like continuous, and I think all five in my points. And in my like, kind of couldn't continue because uh, uh, I got poked in the eye, and medics sort of begged me not to keep on fighting because uh, I couldn't sit the time. But after like resting all that, I was fine. I went to do my second category, and I uh, I boss well did boss it, but I did. massive massive experience points so is, is that like on your targets when stuff's back uh, as normal as it can be are you gonna look to go for the gold next time or just uh, yeah so a few goals i've got written down because i like to write all my goals down because then i can physically see them every day i can make sure that i'm gonna strive towards me obviously uh in the near future whether that might be in two years or ten years Going out to the Irish Open and hopefully winning that, that is one of my top goals on on the list at the moment. No, it's actually meant to be fair. I think I think at that level of competition, even reaching the podium, like, you're massively proud of yourself. Yeah, like just like from out sort, I wouldn't say I'd sort of lucky because some of the category sides are massive. I know. I think I'm looking on the spreadsheet, and one category had forty kids in, or fifty Oof. or something like that. Like there were ridiculous amounts of people I only had three and six so I was very very lucky but I mean when when you get to the men's their sheets are massive as well because it, it, I think it's 18 plus open weight like it's I think maybe 80 plus kilo so you're gonna there's quite a few in that category and last when I looked last time there were a few heavy hitters as well which would be good to face because you know it gives you a different sort of you're going to have to change your style even more for who you're fighting. Definitely. You kind of just go into, you kind of go into every fight with the same approach. You're going to get different styles of guys. You're going to get different people who are going to come at you in different ways. And obviously, eventually, it's going to reach a point where they've seen you use it a certain amount. You know where I'm coming from, where if you go into like three fights with the same approach, your fourth fight who's been watching you is going to know how you're going to go for them. 
Yeah, 100%. You, and it also depends on their fighting style because, you know, such as I know that certain countries might use certain fighting styles. Like, some might just want to use a front kick to get in, get in and then use the punches. Yeah. So if you know that, then you're either going to you're going to step off and counter it, you're just going to go over the top. And I think it's important that you, as a like you, as a coach, as a fighter, that you can you can watch fights and you can go right. This is what they might do because again, they're going to change their fights. So, so you're preparing for everything. What could happen? And then when you get into the fight, it's about what you would do against that or what you would do personally. So, if I would come against someone who wants to stay in the centre, I'm not going to try and battle. I'd rather much work my way in rather than battling for centre. But if I get that centre, I ain't going to let it go, sort of thing. So it is, it's very thin because you can change your fight halfway through. Yeah, definitely. Around I th- as well. I think listening to what you're saying, it's like, it, I, th- I think being able to coach other fighters has helped you as well because seeing, like, giving fighters advice about how their opponent's going on, you're able to then say it when you're in the zone yourself. Yeah. So it's it's one of them things you can uh, you obviously need to have great listening skills because you know if if you're asking for a fight and your coach is telling you to that they're doing stuff you can't turn around and just like talk to them you've got to be able to make sure you're listening so I think that's that's one sort of great thing what's come out of all this is that you know with with COVID you've got more time to train but. I know personally I'm still training, I'm going on runs, I'm doing weights, I'm making sure that I'm can better myself already when comps can start back up. Even though we don't want to have Mario until next year, year after, by the looks of it, but there's always that chance that they might open up. Doesn't really matter. In in this game, you've got to be ready all the time, don't you? Like you could, you could get the call tomorrow. Like our competitions are coming back on because like government restrictions are easing. Like it, w- it won't happen. Like fingers crossed, it does, but. Obviously, yeah, you need to be ready for when that does happen. Yeah, I don't want to just, you know, personally for me, I don't want to just sit about. Like, don't get me wrong, everyone loves to chill. Yeah. But there's chilling then, you know, going too far. And I I just think if I, if I personally just chill, then I, I would lose what I've built up before the Irish Open, which was cutting weight, uh, getting fit again, and, you know, looking like I should be there and I just want to maintain that and still improve on bits where I need to improve on because everyone can still improve no matter what level you are even if it's just minor things what won't affect your fight that much but you can see it still yeah you know, it, minor, make sure that, minor things about yourself that like you've pointed out you want to feel like you're getting better all the time I exactly that, that's that's what my mission now is uh, in this sort of lockdown restriction is just to better myself or And obviously talking about like improving areas, like through the lockdown you've done you've you've managed to get like well obviously through the lockdown and before the lockdown you've done quite a bit of study and you've managed to get some work experience being like a sports physio, haven't you? I um has that helped like your kickboxing trainer and all? Mm-hmm. From when 
I was younger, I was stupid, or I just well, I wasn't stupid. I, I love that training that much. I would train with injuries, like a twisted ankle and stuff like that. Injuries what wouldn't suffer me, like to the point of well, I've got broken leg. I'm training and stuff like that. It wasn't anything like, it was like wasn't anything I'm major, not, but it was it was niggling stuff that you could have nipped in the bud before. Hundred percent, like twisted ankles, like broken things and stuff like that. You know, he he were. It, that used to happen and I just used to train but I didn't use that area and if I did it would be very light where now I know what to do to prevent it I know what to do to help it if I do get injured and I think that that's helped me a lot in the past few years of me maintaining my body as much as I can to make sure I don't get injured yeah for sure being able to notice injuries now and know how to prevent them how, like rehab prehab you'll know all about that it's it's uh, it's one of the main bits for me like making sure I get a proper warm up and a proper cool down like obviously sometimes after a hard session you don't feel like doing one but even if uh, I'll just go from training I'll come home and I'll do stretching for a bit before I go for a shower you know making sure that I'm not just stopping straight away mm-hmm. you've got to like you've got to get rid of all the lactic acid you've built up stuff like that I exactly and you know, even I've bought things to assist me with my recoveries and stuff like that. I've got a massage gun, uh, I've got like a tennis ball, I've got a roller, stuff like that, what's gonna help me with my recovery. Oh, good stuff, man. Uh I get quite a few fighters actually listening to this podcast. You're right, like so for for people who are like injured through the lockdown, obviously like don't fully stop their training, but all are ways to obviously work through an injury and still be able to train. Like say for example like, say I'd, I'd hurt my shoulder. It wasn't major. Like, I could still lift my arm. I could still move my arm. But there was clear discomfort when I was moving it. How could I work through that and recover it? Like, what's, what's your rough idea? Uh, I'd say, first of all, you'd, you'd, you'd like, find where it's hurting first, like, uh, the, the point of where the pain is. Um, you would rest it quite a bit. I'd, I'd personally say don't do too, too much heavy impact on it because that could make it worse. So even if you're doing fitness, try not to do things like press-ups on a plank because that could aggravate it. Yeah. Uh, you mainly focus on things like your, your squats, your lunges, you try and work different areas instead of your shoulder, what's not going to impinge it. Um, obviously, you throw, fighters like to throw punches and kicks and stuff like that. What you do is, you I'd even say, personally, I would rest it completely. That's my personal opinion on it because I don't want to... Rather just relax it, ice it, do ice and heat methods on it, and sort of just make sure it's fully like recovered or mostly recovered where you've not got any pain while throwing punches or doing stuff like that because um, it could make it worse. That's what I would say personally. So I'd, I'd yeah. work on different areas of the fighting. Like, limit, la- limit aggravation and focus other areas basically. Yeah, so, so if it's hurting, just relax it, ice it, and rest it do stretches on it, do movements, because if you just don't do anything with it, it's going to stiffen up and then it's going to hurt even more. So yeah. it's just a little twinge, I'd say, you can maybe stre- find ways to stretch it out, uh, do movements through it, which would benefit this. This obviously could be looking, doing a lot of research into it or going on certain websites, uh, which would help. But I would say focus on different aspects of the training because then you are giving it rest, but you're still training, you're still doing what you love, 
chest, and that would be anything for anywhere, anywhere else in the body, such as the ankle or the knee. You focus on more upper body stuff where you can give that sort of ankle or knee the, re- the relax what it needs to recover. And obviously, through and you're getting your recovery, but you're also still improving, so you're not beating yourself up like I'm missing training, like I'm. Yeah. I should be progressing right now. Yeah, of course it's going to be a lot. When you first start, it's not going to feel the same. No. Once you've rested it for, say, if you rest for a week, you might have lost a little bit of strength in it. So what you do is you. You wouldn't say go straight to ten kilo dumbbell bicep curls straight away. If you're used to that, obviously if it's more, it's more. If it's not, it's not. You'd start off smaller to slowly build that strength back up, but you do more with it in a way with smaller weights. Yeah. So rather than rather than ten reps with ten, you'll do like twelve with seven. Yeah, or even to start with on the first day coming back, even like a six with five. Yeah. And then that have your rest, and then you go right. That was easy. So like maybe start with six, five kilo again, but build it up, and then. If you get the first rep, you're like, I can't feel it. You move up a weight. And then if you can feel it again, you go, well, that's too much at this time. We'll move move back down the weight. You, you just have to judge it with uh, with how you're feeling. So you've got, you've, you've got to use your injury and then use that to like, determine the quality of your form, basically. Yeah, because you don't want to go straight away and lift your heavy weight again, even if it's just for like, one, one set, six reps. You don't want to do that because it could injure yourself again it could make it worse oh yeah speaking from experience uh, like, honestly you, you know after after the first lockdown like, I think everyone's guilty for this like, did you did you go in the gym and you tried lifting your heavy weight and you're like no uh, yeah uh, <laughs> I, went, I went straight to gym I, I only went this once because I wanted to do my do certain things that I couldn't do at home yeah that's it I, I think I was gone. sick of body weight so I just needed to yeah 100% went and then I tried to do I think it was 160 kilo leg press and that. I just went no. Nick, no, that's not that's not happening. Body says no. No, body says no. So <laughs> just to stay away from it for the time being and build it back up to that weight because you know again that could lead to injury. That's Definitely. the worst thing you can have in a sport because at least it could lead mentally as well, which is the worst area. What I think mental mentally that an injury is worse than the physical injury. Oh, a million percent because. Even once it's recovered, you've still got that in the back of your mind, like, oh, shit, like, I've injured this, it's a weak spot. Yeah, or if you, like, say you've done your knee, like, you, you sit at home, you rest it, for the first few days, you're like, oh, I'm enjoying this rest, but then after that, you're like, I really want to be doing something, and mentally, it just it hurts you, it drains you, you feel guilty, and then that could, it leads to so much more, and that's the worst thing about injuries, the mental side of it. Yeah, like not being able to do something you want to do is... Yeah. I've experienced in the past that like, it weren't nothing major. Thankfully, anyway, it weren't nothing major, but it, weren't, it didn't get to a point where it was that bad. But, I mean, you could definitely see why for athletes, after they've suffered such a serious injury or an injury what they need an operation on and stuff like that, where they need a lot of time to recover and re- rehabilitation, that mentally does get to them. And it, that's why I think the main part of an injury is having a good team around you. That's the best thing as well. I feel like injuries are worse in sport as well. I, I feel like you're going to agree when I say this, obviously, if you don't say. Because it's like, I feel in sports, like especially when you're serious about it, you're committing your life to it. And when you're getting injured, it's like, that's anywhere between six weeks and months away from like the thing you have committed your life to becoming like the best at. 100%. And, 
not being able to do the one thing that you've basically devoted yourself to doing is like where is my purpose now and that's a big mental fact so even while you're physically recovering you're mentally getting worse yeah if if you're not accepting like this will get better i need to trust the process i agree with that because i know athletes and i i I would say i've i have done this is that you get injured you 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 go i can carry on i'm fine yeah you make it worse like you push through you put on a poker face don't you yeah because it's the the sport you love the sport you've developed your life to your time to the amount of money you've put into that sport even if it's just paying to do the lessons and paying to do that the money you spend on that to keep yourself fit and something you love it's like, well, what have I done? Like, I have, you know, like, you don't know where to go once you're injured. That, but I think, like I said, the, the team or your, the people around you is what help you through that. Yeah, definitely. I think having a good team, like having a good environment around you will definitely help. I think it, there's, there's a study about it. I honestly can't remember who it was. But, like, I think it was Tom DeBlas or someone he posted about it. And it was like, if you're injured... Like, obviously, you can't come in all the time. You can't come in and physically train. But being able to come in and still watch the lesson will actually have a better mental effect on you than if you sit at home. Even not yeah. t- even not taking part, being able to sit and watch the lesson, take notes, and once you're in a state where you can do it, practice it with, like like you said, really good teammates, people who'll be willing to go back and practice that with you. That'll have a much better effect than if you're sitting at home thinking, like, oh, fuck, like, I could be training right now. It's like... If you could be training, get in the gym and take your notes. Yeah, and that's where you can get your coaching in as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, I, once you get to a high standard in a sport, such as like, like I'm using a different sport here, for such like footballers. Right. Right. Say you've got a top class footballer like Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Right? He's injured. He can't train. We'll go to the training session and he's he might even go to the under 23s. He can then coach them even though he's injured, he doesn't have to demonstrate because there should be good footballers who he's doing anyway because he plays with a top team. Yeah. But that's where his coaching style can come in and he can sort of learn for after he's retired because, let's be honest, our careers as fighters, as professional athletes, do not last 50, 60 years. Like, that is not a lifetime career. Like it, once, it you're, is, once you're done, I feel if you do fight, though, you are involved... In some yeah, capacity, always. Whether it's training, even at a non-competitive level, or coaching, or like, officiating, you're going to do something with it if you've committed your yeah. life. You're always involved in the sport, but um, I mean, sort of like, for, for me as a fighter, I know at 50 that I might not be able to keep on fighting. Oh, definitely. Because your body slows down, and obviously you need, to take exactly. in, you need to take into account now as fighters getting older starting to retire, move out the way for the generation coming through. Exactly. And you, what you do is you still keep your foot in the sport. You, you either coach them, you coach the new ones coming through, you, you're an officiator. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're still involved in that sport because that's your love and that's what you've devoted your entire life to as a fighter, as an athlete, to do it. You think, right, that, this is my time to give back to the sport of me bringing up the next generation and giving tips and what to do and how to do it. That's it. I think like, prime example as well, I'm gonna go for a different sport. Like football, obviously you got like I think it was was it was it Gary Neville, English football manager. 
Or was it was it Gary or Phil? One of them. It was it was, sure. it was one of them, but they used to, like obviously used to play and then obviously go on and manage the national team. It's like you're always involved. Yeah, 100%. That's why people now, like footballers nowadays, you've got like Wayne Rooney, he's just retired. Now he's going into the Derby manager, managerial spot. Yeah. He's got Frank Lampard. Just being sacked from Chelsea, Chelsea, but he went it. You know, it, it's a rough do, but it goes on. But he's, he's already been lined up as favourites for about five different jobs. Honestly, I'd rather, I would rather have anyone than Steve Bruce at Newcastle at this point. <laughs> I think he's lined up for being at Newcastle as well. I think he's one to seven in bookies. Oof, that's like, that's good odds to be fair. And you've got like Steven Gerrard, he's gone to Rangers and he's doing an absolutely amazing job. It's because he, he knows the sport. He, he focuses on like quite a developmental team, doesn't he? Yeah, and the fact is with him, you can see it in the league and how he reports. Like, and I'm a Hearts fan. Like, obviously, I, I follow Rangers a bit more because of other reasons. Yeah, uh, but. When he when he like draws to say he drew up to Motherwell of a week, he did not take it lightly. He did not like it because they're the team he should be beating, and he recognises that. If say he lost to Celtic, then he accepts it probably a little bit more because in that in that league it's just them two at the moment, and then you've got like your Aberdeen and your Hibs what might challenge them. But it, you've got it's mostly a two horse race, isn't it? Yeah, unless like you know they're both screw up somehow like Celtic have this season yeah but that's a totally different story you know I think it, it shows that he's got the passion for the sport and the passion to his players and the football club that he does like if it's a draw against a smaller team or the lose he doesn't take it lightly he doesn't he doesn't like punish the players but the next game you, you're there winning 6-0 sort of thing if they draw 1-1 they're winning 6-0 the next game or if they lose they're going to win by a high percentage depending on the games. It's like a motivation to come back, isn't it? 100%. I feel like, like, like obviously that stretches over. Did you watch the fights this past weekend? Obviously, McGregor got knocked out and then... Aye, I've like, seen the highlights. Yeah, he, he was like, he was really quite humble about it because like, obviously him and Poirier are 1-1 now. That makes them, that, that obviously makes the series even. Like, opens the door for a trilogy. He was really humble yeah. about it but say he was losing to like, someone who was making a debut in the UFC... I think he would be like a lot more hard on himself because that's a guy who should be beaten. Exactly. You you know yourself who should be beaten and who's going to be a tough fight. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like your when, coaches should tell you as well. Like if you're too blind to see that yourself, your coaches should be able to... Yeah. If, if you're going into a fight and you're... Say you're ranked second or third and then you're fighting someone who's, say, ranked 20th, you're like, well, that, that should be a win. You should but be beating them. But if you're fighting the person who's ranked first or fourth or third or fifth even maybe, that's a tough fight because yeah. they've they've earned the rank. So I'd say anywhere within what three of you, three or four of you, either downwards or upwards, is going to be a tough fight because you know you've you've got you're like, not far off of that ranking, are you? Like anyone in the top ten in any division at the highest level is going to be a tough fight. Exactly. But I feel like there's there's some guys actually like. They should have an extra confidence in themselves. Like Leon Edwards, for example, fighting Kamzath. I think it's 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 either he's fighting him soon. They've been scheduled to fight. That's that's fell through a few times, but obviously before the fight was made, Kamzath wasn't ranked. So Edwards should be feeling he needs to beat that guy. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, if if you fight someone who's 
well, like say for a competition sort of wise in kickboxing, if so, if you know someone's just starting out, you should beat them. But then that should, for for me as a fighter, I wouldn't go as hard as I want to say someone who's who's better than me. It's like you a know? chance for you to improve yourself, isn't it? Like a third damn black yeah. belt should beat a green belt. Yeah, 100%, but like, like obviously you've got you you've got you might have different people such as like moving from different styles. If they've already fought before and got to a high standard in say taekwondo fighting yeah and got high in that then moved over to kickboxing then and they are a green belt in kickboxing and they're good then I... obviously they've got that background whereas if it's just kickboxers being doing competitions odd one here and there but only being training for a year and a bit then you're like right you, you should beat them but you know it's hard to say that because you know you couldn't still be a green belt and be a quality fighter that, that's it. I think as a, as a fighter, you should be able to notice, and I think your coach would should, would be able to notice very quickly the style of fighter they are, like yeah. what, like how hard you should be going. Where it's like, like your coach should be able to tell you, like, come on, Kieran, you're not taking them seriously. Oh, hundred percent. I've I've been told that in the past. Yeah. But I think I've only been told it once. It it's uh, hard to hear, but I think you'd rather hear it from your coach than off somebody else. Yeah, I would rather be like you know, you you, you do get told some harsh realities, and to be fair, I've not had many. I've I've been quite lucky that uh, I haven't had many. But you know, if there is any, I'd, I'm pretty sure I'd be told. Definitely. And, it, you know, it's a thankless job, but you've got to do it to develop them into the yeah. best person they can be. Because especially in fighting and martial arts as well, I think it's like. As much as you're turning them into a good fighter, I feel like martial arts makes you better as a person. Yeah. And if your coach isn't developing you into a better person, it, it doesn't matter how good of a fighter you are. If you're not developing as a person, I feel like something's going wrong. Yeah. Like, luckily, I, I've, I've had a great coach and, you know, uh, it, it's amazing where I am. I, I, I love it. Like, it's his family like yeah you know, your class your, your martial arts like your friends as family because you've got that sort of connection as a uh, connection with them um, and the fact is that you know your coaches know you to the level of how they can speak to you as well like you know if they if they need to just speak to you calmly about it and then get you to work harder then they, they do that but if they if they come up to you and go right you're doing this wrong you're doing this wrong they, they know how to talk to you, which is what, you know, I'm starting to learn off my coaches, how I've always been good at speaking to people, but, you know, with like, obviously different age groups and stuff like that, yeah. I've got to speak differently. Like, and I would never speak to someone who's younger, like I would to say an older person, but even as an older person, I wouldn't personally shout at people what they're doing wrong. Like, but, you I, would you say you're more of a, this is what's wrong, but this is how we can make it right kind of coach? Sort of, yeah. I'd, I'd say that, um, I'll just I won't say this is what you're doing wrong I'll just go right this is what you could do which is going to help you yeah like, I would never say someone's wrong because you never know who, like, how they've been taught it it's like you never know what works like that might work for that person as well exactly like everyone's got the different fighting style like some some coach might say a different coach from a different school with my fighting style I think well why are you doing that like yeah. that's not how you should fight but it works for me and it works for you know. Let's say it comes to sparring at the end of the class, and I'm like, all oh, right, like, that works for you, fair enough. Yeah, so but this I, could still I, help you. If, like, if they, if I, if it works for me, oh, they can, oh, 
they, they, all they can do is advise you to do what you do, can do in a fight. They oh, can't definitely. Do the fight for you. Like, they, can't, they can't go in and do it for you. It's like If they're sitting in your corner, it's their job to advise you with what they think will help you win. Exactly, 100%. And I think that, you know, if, for me, if I, if you, as, as a fighter, you should always trust your coach. Yeah, definitely. If if you're taking your coach into a fight, into a fight with you, like, whether whether it's beginner, whether it's competition, whether it's fucking UFC, highest level of the world, if you're going into a fight, you you have to have a high level relationship with your coach and trust them that they're gonna yeah. give you the right advice. But as soon as as soon as for for me, if my coach tells me to do something, I'm gonna try and do it because I I know that my coach is doing the best for me. If the first time it doesn't work, then you can you can try and do it again. In a different way. It's like a relationship where like, your coach tells you to jump, you ask how high, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they tell you to do something, you do it, and well, like, what else? Yeah. Like, well, obviously, you've got that connection where you don't say, like, just, like, do this, do that, do that. It's like it an un- demanding. It's not. It reaches a point where it's like an unspoken bond. Well, I think, I think especially in, like, progressive sports where you've got belts and stuff, I think you're going to have a different relationship with your coach at white belt than you would if you've been training from the age of six, you're nearly 20, and you've went through several belts, you've got your black belt in more than one martial art. Yeah. It's, like, you, you're going to have, you're going to have the relationship, you've built the rapport. Yeah. And you, especially like when, when you've been there a lot, and you, you get to know them, and they get to know you. They know your thinking, what you think, and like, it's good because, you know, it's as it sounds, it's a business. What they do, like it's a martial arts business, but they don't treat it as it they treat it as more like let's get to know every single student, even if it's ten students or a thousand students, they get to know every single one. Definitely. Little, little things about them, they get to know everyone's name. It, it's a little value, isn't it? Like if you walk into a yeah. class, you walk you walk into a class and your coach is like, Oh, like afternoon, how are you doing? They don't they don't use your name. But then how different is it if you walk into a class, your coach is like Afternoon, Kieran. Like name value instantly. You're engaged in the lesson. They know who you are. They took. They took the time out of their day to recognise you. Like it's little things like that will keep bringing people back, and I'm sure it's the same with any sport. Like it's got to be a boxing club or a jiu-jitsu club. They they get to know you, and even if it's maybe not in the first class or two, but like maybe like over time. Yeah, first off, class day, but you're all right, Cole. I and think you're like, they're not money. Right. I think that can happen in anything, though. Like, see, yeah. see, we are. It can happen in any sport, and it's good to see that the sport's evolving to where it is like that nowadays. It can happen in, in anything, whether it's sport, business. Like, see, see, physio stuff. Like, if you recognise, say, someone's name, they're going to come back to you. Whereas, like, if you're speaking to them the whole session, you don't use their name once. Like, they don't feel valued by you. Yeah, like, like, little thing, like, l- little things. Right. Even even if you go shopping and you go through someone's till, like they don't know your name, obviously, but like, they're nice to you. You're gonna go through their till again. Exactly. Like if you, even if it's sort of just like people come to help you. Exactly. You know, for example, like I've known people going to such like a flannels. Yeah. And people not go to them because they might, they might not look like they come before stuff in there. But you know, it's the people who. Come to you and go. Oh, you're alright. Do you hey, need just help go, go, like? We're very helpful. 
it, like, well, I'm gonna go to you to ask for what I want. It makes um, a difference, doesn't it? Like as much as it's building relationships, like it's it's a level of customer service as well. It's like you've got to yeah. treat it where it's like as much as you're building a relationship with this person, like it's the difference of like one student could be the difference of does this bill get paid? Yeah, because you've got people who suggest like the club. I know that for me. I would definitely, if someone said, oh, do you know any martial arts? I would definitely recommend the one I go to. And that's not for me being biased, because I go there. Yeah. Because we we offer such a great service. And, you know, it, we, we, we do like, teach them top quality stuff. It's not like, oh, you go there, you would think it's me. Like, well, you're not wrong, but... You know, it's like that's uh, a that's opinion, not fact. Whereas like you're telling me, yeah. I would recommend this. I've been here, and this is what they do. Yeah, like I would, I would personally for me, I'm not one of these who would recommend something if I don't didn't believe in it or didn't like. like it's empty, yeah. isn't it? It's shallow if you do it. Yeah, that's. But you know, some people do that, and you know, but there's a lot of top top clubs everywhere in the country, and like it's good to see that and look, you've got good quality clubs everywhere up and down the country which are keeping the sport going i've got people all around the country listening to this you know if you want to if you want to shout if you want to shout out your club go for it you know like, I, I don't mind well i train at mac at Andy So many talented people from everywhere. Like that's the thing. It's it's not limited to England. It's it's not limited yeah. to America. Like you've you've got top guys from like literally Europe, everywhere. Asia, they're everywhere. Like it's it's just you know as as good as it as good as it is to know that there's top competition everywhere. Like unfortunately, you ain't gonna fight people from like Australia or stuff like that unless you get into like the UFC and the, the high boxing. Yeah. You know, so far for me. But, I'd love to fight someone who's, I don't know, safe. Anywhere in the country. Like, anyone who I fight, I, it's, a pleasure, it's a pleasure to fight them for me. I feel like any, anyone anyone in Europe at the minute would love to fucking go against, like, a Russian wrestler. <laughs> yeah, they're just... Uh, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's... Certain countries like I know Russia, you, they start at such a young age. Yeah, it's like, they're so committed as well. Like they're, they're so like dedicated to the sport. It's yeah, they're like start three years old. Or maybe sometimes even two if they can walk. Definitely, like once once they can walk, it's it's either education or training. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's it's just it's quality that you know that. Like I said, we can just keep this sport going. Like it's not just about like now; it's about the future as well. That's it. Because as much as you're getting guys coming through now, it's the guys that are finishing off now that are bringing through the ne- the generation after. Yeah, exactly. Because without say people like that, the sport would dwindle down slowly but surely. It would start to dwindle down. It's it's like if you take a hundred of anything and you don't restock, you're gonna run out. It's it's the yeah. same it's the same with anything. Like, if everybody stopped training football now, would still have football until everyone retired. Yeah, it's like a massive, massive thing is development. Yeah. You've, you've got to make uh, sure the next generation's like ready for when their day comes. I, I think that that's 
one of the main reasons why a lot of people who retire just go back into the sport as a coach. Whether that's volunteering, they don't do it for the money. Like, by that point, you've made your money, haven't you? Like, you, you don't need you, you, at that point. You do it because you want to. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you've made your money doing the fight, and you, when you're a top level, say we've got you, Conor McGregor. He's made his money. Yeah. While he continues to fight, he's still making the money. But when he gets to the point where he can't fight, he will most likely go into a, a coaching role because he loves the loves the sport that much. But he doesn't want to just give it off. It's like you and get that, you get some guys. You get some guys who turn out better coaches than fighters as well. It's like John Kavanaugh, world class coach. You ask him, you ask people about his MMA career. Some people are shocked he even had one. Yeah, you know, like things like that. It's just it's very important, and I think that's for any. That's to be fair, for any different aspect in life. You know, you've got your business owners. If they were, if new business people were coming up and wanting to be a business owner, then companies would dwindle until no one's taking over that company anymore. Exactly. Or like I don't know, you're building sites. You know, it's everything. What we're talking about, sport, would link to any like everyday scenarios, which is the best thing because obviously, you know, it could link to literally everything. Like everything dwindles if there's no development in place. Like if if everybody stopped, like it's a really really daft one. If everybody stopped having kids now, everyone would go extinct. Like, not, right. not straight away, but eventually. Like, you've been talking, what, maybe 80, 90 years, 100 years, if everyone stopped having them, then, yeah, you're not wrong. Exactly. But, like, if there is no development in place, there's no future for anything. Aye. And, like, coming back to it as well, it's like, going back to, like, injuries as well, like, if you don't... If you don't develop your injury and get it to a usable state, you will never get back to doing what you want to do. Exactly. That's why I say personally, I'd rest it. Any injury, even if it's just a minor one, like, you know, it's just a little niggle, you'd look into it to see what it is. Because it could just be like you you might have just not stretched properly. Might... If it's something serious, if you just keep on training and thinking, oh, it's just a niggle, it's not going to wear, it's not going to do anything bad, but then you just do one thing. It could be a career ending injury. It could or, be. Like you, you need to be able to I feel like you need to take the time to rest it. But there's there's a level where it's like you need to rest it but not beat yourself up for taking the time. Like obviously if you like just do one area, then you can work you can do stuff around it to keep on training. Like or, if if you hurt your ankle there's nothing stopping you from doing a bench press, do you know what I mean? Yeah, or there's nothing standing up, being still, working on your combination without moving. Like static motion, like you don't want to focus on your dynamic motion when you've got stuff that's impacting your movement. Yeah. Like, you don't want to do that because obviously, but it, it, it could, like I said, it could, if you don't look after that injury and get it to a certain state, and even if you've got it better, but just go straight back into full training, don't even do a bit of a re- rehabilitation program with gradually building that session and your weights and stuff like that back up, you're going to just become injured again and then it's going to be a constant rotation of injuries and injuries and then you, it's going to get you down and then you're not going to be able to do fights, you're not going to be able to train. Like as, so, as much as that's like a case of if you've got a good team around you, like they'll know you've been injured and they'll take it easy on you. Like it's, it's as much of a responsibility on yourself as well. Like if, if you've just recovered from a major injury, like if you tear your LCL, you come back straight away, you go back into hard sparring, 
your coaches and teammates can only advise you so much. Like that is on you. If you hurt it again, you know what you've been through. You know all the pain you've had, and you went straight back in. If you get if yeah. you get injured again, it's nobody's fault but your own. Exactly. Like you can only advise them so much. You can't say you can say no. You're not gonna. I don't want you joining in. But then if the competitors just jumps on the mat. Or the athlete jumps on the map, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, as much as it is their fault, the coach would probably say, well, you're not doing the sparring, but you're going to do this, this and this. Right? They need to join in with a session after their injuries. But if it's such as, like I say, if they think they're going to go into a heavy sparring session or benching, no, squatting 150, 160 kilo again, then it, that's going to be their fault. It's like, it's like for you as a coach, say you're in somebody's corner and you're like, oh, throw a one-two combo just nice and simple and it's their choice whether they choose to throw the one-two combo or not all you're there for is advice yeah exactly and I just think that you know I think now you know like more statistical uh, numbers are coming out and stuff like that how you can have your heart rate heart rate monitors and stuff like that yeah people are taking injuries a lot more seriously and it's good like people are getting like longer careers because of it yeah well look at say Ronaldo, what, he's 34? He's, he's well into his 30s now and he's, he's still one of the best players in the world. Yeah, exactly. And that's because he's kept look after, like, looked after himself. He's looked after like, himself. Yeah. His his strength and conditioning routines must be unreal. Like yeah, Everything he has got is through hard work. I, I just think that, you know, now, now people take a ser- like, injuries a bit more serious. But now that people are having a longer career, but also feel a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, when you don't train, you do feel a bit like down and, uh, well, I don't feel like fit anymore. But if you can carry on training, you just feel mint. Even if it's not, like, the full training, I feel like at least doing something is good for your mental health as well. Yeah, 100%. That's why... Yeah. Whether it's their students or not, because like, even though it's indoor training, it's not the same as being in the gym, being like interact, interactual, like face to face with them. You know, training in your own house, doing bits and bobs, you feel good after it. Whether it's being a hard session and you feel dead, it's like you spend five minutes to recover, you feel mint. Like loads of gyms are like promoting online learning. Like as shit as it must be for the owners, they're promoting the online stuff to keep their members busy. Like if yeah. if you have inact if you have inactive members, like you you're gonna struggle because they're gonna come back and they're gonna feel shit and they're gonna you know like it's gonna affect them and it's gonna affect their training, but like it's yeah. it's not just limited to martial arts gyms as well. Like like I've I've got this page on Instagram, Maximum Fitness. They're fucking putting boot camps on. Like you've you've got the coaches literally doing the boot camp for you for half an hour. Like they're showing you what to do every morning, like Monday to Saturday. They're doing the boot camps and. Like, it's there live for everyone to watch. Like, they're keeping you active, they're keeping you fit. Even it's, if it is just half an hour a day. That's it. It's like, whether you choose... Like, they can do it. All they can do is, like, advise you to do it. But if people... Yeah. I think if you can get at least one person to do it online, knowing that, like, you're helping their routine, you're succeeding. Yeah. If you help one person a day, you should help someone. Yeah, definitely. If you're helping more... The goal should always be for one, at, at the minimum, always one. Yeah. Like, you know, you just feel good. As a coach, 
you'd feel good that you're helping someone as well. It's 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 a very good feeling. I think it, I think it's nice like being able to see somebody's trusted your words, took it, and it's turned them into a better person because of it. It's nice. Yeah, hundred percent. I I couldn't agree with you more there. I think that's a nice note to end on. To be honest with you, like, that's like a nice little like put a smile on their faces. Quote here, yeah, nice professional stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you later. Hopefully, if you like it, like obviously, let us know. We might be able to get Kieran back on at some point, and. See you, catch you later.